What's up, everybody? This is Tyrone Sal. Thanks for listening to the Truth With Ty podcast. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Well, today I want to go a little bit further in this series entitled Not Just God, We Need Jesus. It's about understanding the humanity of Jesus. You know, we just can't look past Jesus. The question has been asked in some circles, what is the world coming to? Well, the book, the Bible tells us what the world is coming to. In Revelations, it tells us in Revelation, rather, it tells us that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, his anointed one. You see, so we can't skip Jesus. Jesus said that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you want everlasting life? Well, guess what? You need Jesus. And so we have been tracking through the Bible, uh, looking at Isaiah and Daniel. And now we come to the book of John. For me, and I think John is one of the best writers by the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes to understanding and helping us grasp who Jesus really is. And he introduces Jesus to us, um, this divine being as word. Why is that important? You see, the Greek philosophers of the day, his day, they thought that word was just a mysterious power that always exists that makes all things happen. But the Jewish scholars of the day understood that it was God that made the world. Genesis one, it was God who said, let there be light. And if you will, this is John's um, retelling of Genesis one, really, when you really think about it. But he calls Jesus the word. He opens by calling him the word. You see, so verse one says of John in the beginning was the word. Now, what we have to understand, this is not of time now, but in his eternal journey, the word always existed um, as far back as our human minds can take us. The Lord Jesus was there. He never was created. In John's gospel, because he helped, he is helping us understand the son of God, God, the son, there is no genealogy. And so he says that in the beginning was the word. But not only that, the word was with God. In other words, they understood it as face to face. That the word had the closest intimacy uh, with God. He was close to God, but yet distinct in personality. In other words, he was not just an idea or thought or some type of vague example as the Greek notion of the day was. And I think sometimes um, some people, even in some of our 
religious circles, we get bogged down by by that. And we choose that Greek style of thinking, not understanding that the word, the expression of God is Jesus. It is not just um, some, you know, idea or notion. No, the word is Jesus. And that's why that's why John continues. He says that he was not just with God and the word was God. The Bible teaches us that there is one God and that there are three persons in the Godhead, the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. All three are God. And so in this verse, verse one, we have the two persons of the Godhead here are mentioned. And then, of course, later on in the ministry of Jesus, we come to understand more about the Holy Spirit, who once we place our faith in Jesus, the son of God, for the remission of our sins, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit himself. So um, in our understanding, the word, he says, when we come to verse 14, the word is the son of God who was from eternity. In other words, he became human with uh, limitations in time and space. This is uh, Philippians 5, 2, 5 through 8. That's what it means. He was found in fashion as a man. It might be better said that he took on humanity. You see, he is the he is the God man. He was always God. And then he became man. In other words, I think it was um, Alistair Begg who said that there was a time when Jesus was not a man. But there never was a time when Jesus was not God. You see, this is what the Bible teaches us who Jesus really is. And Jesus says himself that no man can come unto the father, but by me. This is because he understands that he is himself God. We we need to understand how holy and how powerful God is. And the only way we come to God as our father is through the life, the death and the resurrection and faith in what Jesus done for us on the cross of Calvary. And so John says that the word became flesh. Verse 14. In other words, so now when humanity is added to deity, don't miss this, this deity, this being who is the son of God, we call him Jesus. I'm going to let that sink in because we have to understand this is what the angel told Mary and Joseph to name the son of God as it were, according to the flesh. You shall call him Jesus. Why? Because he shall save his people figuratively and lit and literally from their sins. If you put your faith in Jesus, you and me and all who believe are children of the living God. I know we like to say, you know, we all God's children. No, that's not biblically correct. We are all God's creation, 
but we are not all God's children, you see. And so he says that Jesus was born. And so he is Mary's baby. He is the seed of the woman. This is the fulfillment of the first prophecy in, in the Bible, in Genesis chapter three, when God said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the enemy. This is who it is. This is Jesus coming now to save mankind. Oh, this is so powerful. And forgive me if I get a little excited because this is this is so powerful to me. But what did he say? What did John say that the word does? He dwelt among us. The word dwell means literally to tabernacle or he pitched his tent, his body, his humanity was the tent in which he lived among men for 33 years. In other words, this wasn't just a temporary visit. No, this was God among men. We also pick up the title here, Emmanuel. He was he was God with us. And think about this. God has always desired a relationship with humanity whom he created in his own image. From the time when we think about God dwelling with the children of Israel in the tabernacle, we see the Shekinah glory that led them as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night when God gives Moses the instructions about the 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 tent in the wilderness it was after Moses had did it according to what God had showed him then the Shekinah glory the very presence of God came and inhabited in that tent behind the curtain only which they could enter once a year you see and so and then we move from there to Solomon's temple, whom David could not build because he was a man of war, you see. And so when we come to Solomon's temple and Solomon prays, what did Jesus show up and say? I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication, which thou hast made before me. And, and I have hallowed this house which thou has built in my name and my heart shall be there perpetually you see so god has always desired a place of fellowship amongst his people he has always desired a place to commune with us the word is nigh us even in our lips even on our lips you see god is not this distance off in the cut type of god that you know sometimes he's here and sometimes he's not no, 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 my friends. That's not who he is. He is a God who is close and nearby. And that when we call on him, we receive his help. We receive his power. We receive his nourishment. And the coming of Jesus was God coming nearby. It was God tabernacling with us. And think about this. And I'm going to jump to the end. But when we come to the end, God is the son will never lay down his humanity. You see, when after he died on the cross for our sins and rose again, that same Jesus, Acts chapter one, the Bible says, is going to return in his second coming. 
that same Jesus is going to return with those nail scarred hands with the side that's been pierced, the, the wounds in his feet that 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 was shed the blood for us on the cross of Calvary. It's that same glorified Jesus. Now you see, you see, so the, the Shekinah glory of God tabernacled in the person of his son, Jesus and lived among men. You see, that's why Jesus is the only answer. It's not that, you know, we need to reform people and change laws and change rules. No, only God through the power of the Holy Spirit can do that. But we need Jesus in order for there to be peace on earth. We need the Prince of Peace. That's what the kingdom of Jesus is going to be about. That's what his eternal state is going to be about where there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more death, you see. And so in theological circles, we must understand this is what is referred to as the doctrine of incarnation, that Jesus is the word of God in flesh. He, he is the son of God expressing to us and showing to us who God really is. It reminds me of when Philip asked Jesus, John chapter 14, Jesus show us the father and that will suffice us. What did Jesus say? Philip, have I not been so long with you? And you don't understand that the father is in me and I'm, I'm in him that everything that I'm saying to you, it's the father who's talking. It's the father who is giving me the words. It's the father who is doing the work through me, you see, and all those who believe, you know, we're going to do those same works because it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to empower us to live out this Christian life forever, not just in this life, but forever and in ever. And see, and so we have to understand that when the son of God put on humanity, that he limited himself. He did not lay down his deity, but rather it was deity veiled and he limit limited himself willingly in time and space. What do I mean that Jesus got hungry in his body? He got tired. We know that Jesus fell asleep. We know that these are all things we understand because we are human, but also he was God enough to walk on water. Come on, somebody. He was God enough to feed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. He was God enough to calm the storming sea. You see, this is Jesus, the son of God. See, so understanding the humanity of Jesus means that we understand that this is God from heaven, God, the son. And John says further that, and we beheld his glory. What is that? The glory means the bright shining, the, the, the Shekinah, the, the very nature of God. This wasn't uh, a pretense, but a, the excellence of God and who he is. We, we understand this from the Mount of 
transfiguration when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John on that mountain. And the Bible says that his raiment shined so bright that it was coming from the inside, that Jesus was transfigured before them. He became so white. One writer says that whiter than any laundry soap could make it. And also, you know, God, the father showed up because Peter being Peter says, Lord, we should build three tabernacles because two, two of the uh, forerunners showed up, Moses and Elijah, they showed up. But then the power of God, God in the heavens overshadowed them and said, this is my beloved son. Hear you him. And this is where sometimes our apostolic brothers get, you know, Jesus only. But you see, that's a whole nother conversation. But it is important what Jesus said and what he taught and what he lived his life. And if we are going to be what God wants us to be, it is it happens through Jesus. We are being transformed every day by the power of the Holy Spirit into the image of his dear son. That's what the Bible says. He's called us out of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son whom he loves. Oh, what a wonderful, powerful thing to think about that God would do that for us. And so John says that we beheld his glory, his the glory as the only begotten of the father. What does this mean? His moral glory. In other words, Jesus in his perfect deity, in his being, he was perfect in his work as the Christ. He is perfect in his deity. He is perfect in his person. He is perfect. John helps us understand. But we know that we struggle with this. God knew that we would struggle with this. And so that's why John picks out seven things, which I won't go over in full today. But John picks out and he says that he manifested his glory by turning the water into wine. And he did this at the marriage in Cana there. You know, and what a festive event that God would do this at, perhaps thinking about what he would do for us one day when after communion. And he said that, you know, after the last supper, he said, I'm not going to do this again until I do it with you in my father's kingdom. Notice that it's in the father's kingdom. That's in heaven, you see. And so we understand the humanity of Christ by understanding that he wrapped himself in humanity, that he might go to the cross to die for the sins of the world. The Jews of the day, they were looking for the Messiah, not realizing that Jesus was the Christ, the anointed one. But he came first not to save them from the bondage of the Roman uh, physically, but he came first to save save us from the bondage of sin spiritually and that's why you know i always say i'm reminding you that you can be free because that's what jesus came to do jesus said that the servant of sin is in is in bondage to sin but he comes to set us free he came to set us free and no matter what we've done no matter 
who we are or what we've fallen into, no matter what the circumstance or the situation may be. I'm here to remind you. I'm here to help us understand that Jesus said that we can be free. If you continue in my word, he says, John chapter eight, he says, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Don't you want to be free today? Are you free? What are you struggling with that you need freedom from? What is it that you're going through? What is it that you're facing? What lie has the enemy told you that you'll never change, that you can't come out of it? That you can't be stronger and better. No, the devil is a liar. And Jesus said that the thief come not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come. Listen to that. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what it means to understand the deity and the humanity of Jesus. Yes, we thank God for Jesus. And yes, we thank God for who he is in his power and in his glory. But there is no way to God but through Jesus. Jesus said that no man cometh unto the father but by me. You see, it's not true when we say that, oh, you know, God is this and God is that. No, God, we all are going to God. But when you get there, will God be your father or will God be your judge? And I'm here to remind you that if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God, the creator of heaven and earth through his son, Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit, that he is our heavenly father and we can call on him and be saved. So, my friend, my brother, my sister, I want to ask you this question. Will you let him take your sin if you have not placed your faith if or if you're not sure that you're saved? You're just a prayer away. All you have to say is, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but I believe you are the Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your spirit and help me live for you. Hey, if you said that prayer and you meant it, welcome to the family of God. Try to find a Bible-believing church from Genesis to Revelation, and the Holy Spirit will help you. I believe he will. Just like he always said, Jesus, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Jesus' name. So my friend, take care. God bless you. Always remember, let the truth be told.